What's going on, guys? Kieran Headley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast. I haven't done this one like an episode at all in a while, but I'm very excited for this. It's going to be a very relatable story, not just to men, even though it is going to be very relatable for any men listening, but actually women. Okay, you're going to get a lot of insight as well into a man's mind if you're a woman. And uh, as a dude, you're going to be uh, you're going to be blown away by this guy's story. So it's going to be uh, re- I've already just listened to some of his story just before this. And um, I'm very intrigued to dive deeper into this um, story with Chris Hardy, a gentleman that I met here in Bali, actually. And I just vibed with him so strongly. Uh, like We go to men's circles together. He actually leads that one. And um, he's got a really interesting story in terms of how he's transitioned from the UK to a party life to a place or, or a space of inner development um, and inner workings, which is what he's doing now. And he's made some incredible incredible um he's done some incredible groundwork on that side of things and he's just got so much knowledge in that space in such a short amount of time that he'll be able to share with all of you guys so very excited to introduce chris chris please introduce yourself brother hey hey what's going on yeah um so tell me a little bit about you first as you are now right now um it's been a where do i start um it's been a very very in-depth transitioning period in my life Mm. i would say it has been challenging to say the least mm. I thought I had done some hard things and been in some um, yeah some very very confronting situations in my life so far but this has been definitely the biggest challenge being in Bali being in Bali definitely and, and in over the last well. four, four or five months out of everything I've done so far um, this has been the most mentally emotionally mm. challenging um, ordeal that I've had to had to face so mm. far but yeah, basically a bit of background. Um, yeah, actually, we'll go into the background stuff. I just want to quickly ask you, um, what is it that makes it so challenging for you? Because obviously it's different for each person. <clears throat> I would say the the most challenging part of the last four or five months is to keep believing that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Bro, feeling lost is such a strong theme of not just uh, my life, but I know a lot of people yeah. listening as well. Um, yeah, it's and just, and just and just having that that determination and that willpower mm. to to keep believing in what you're doing is right. Totally to keep on that keep on that path and keep going, and no matter how many people try to pull you off it or tell you different, then you just you just keep going, man. You totally, gotta keep man. going. Totally, you keep moving through it, yeah. and, and no matter what comes up, roadblocks, challenges feelings emotions uh, outright outer external resources that have inputs to your life as well yeah um just to keep believing in in what you feel is genuinely right from totally. your heart totally, man. <laughs> it gives you that feeling when i talk about it oh, but like just having that that genuine drive and focus yeah all the time is very very hard i know it's hard in life to keep that but especially in bali it seems to be a place what picks you up and chucks you around and um, yeah, it really, really tests your inner mentality yeah. and keeps strong and focused. Totally. Um, unlike anywhere else in the world, you can sort of mask these different issues with alcohol or you can go yeah. and socialize. Well, they you, say you can, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's still there, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, still yeah. there. You can still yeah. do it, but, but it's just harder environment. But this is the place oh, where it, brings it, up. it just brings it up. Like, yeah. and, and, and for me, facing that is probably another hard thing to do. So yeah. facing that as a guy and being accepting mm. and totally surrendering 
as a six foot three jolly lad from the northeast yeah. of England, yeah. is coming up the background you've come yeah. from, yeah. coming from where I've come from was a very, very, um, yeah, it was very hard at first. I mm. was very sort of shut off and mm. um, closed off from all of this, mm. um, and only recently that, well, over the last three or four months, I've, I've really surrendered, yeah, and just been so open to what what this this new way of life holds and, and it's, it's incredible man yeah man it's heck yeah and, um, <laughs> both him and I have actually had a couple of cries um, in, the, in the last wee bit so it's going to be really interesting to share a little bit about that um, and for me masculinity was always being strong being powerful um, being certain right and I always felt like I lacked that so I always felt unmasculine yeah. um, but my new um, definition of masculinity uh, from my point of view now after you know the in-depth work that I've done, I'm sure you're you're similar with like with you know your approach to it as well. Now as well as um, vulnerability as masculinity, because that's at the end of the day the probably the most manly thing you can do is 100%. be vulnerable, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to take us right back to your childhood, how you grew up. Tell me about little Chris. Introduce the little Chris <laughs> and uh, dive deep into what it was like uh, growing um, up. Your family. Yeah. Mm. Little Chris mm. was. A little shit. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah, he was a he was a very, very interesting little character. He was very mischievous, um, didn't listen to the rules yeah. as I, I pretty much don't now I live my own life how yeah, I wanna live it. Totally. Um but yeah, he was a, a rule breaker and really liked to um <laughs> my mum won't mind me saying this, get my mum into the school every other month or every other week, um, with the headmaster for doing whatever antics I was up to um, and yeah he was, he, was, he was a happy kid he was well into his football I played um, academy football and professional football until I was 18 so mm. all the way from being seven seven year old I got recruited by uh, Middlesbrough Academy mm. so I was always into a footballing again masculine dominated environment totally did you always um, feel like a pressure to always show up a certain way as well always and I, 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 I was seven to 18 I was captain, wow. uh, captain of the football team at school, yeah. captain of the rugby team. Wow. So I had the, the complete um, alpha yeah. role in my whole life growing up. Wow. So now doing all of this, like you say, this surrendering work yeah. has been very, very hard to transition over totally. into to showing my inner emotions and in, yeah. inner feelings as that figure and that idol that I was through, through my school life. Totally. And what um, do you think breeds such a strong figure for you? around that age I'd probably for me it was in an environment coming from the northeast was the way our, our, our culture there isn't you, you, you're, you're, you're a man mm. you don't cry mm. you don't show your emotions you don't show your fears mm. you are built up to and if, and if you do cry and do show your emotions, you're weak, you're a girl. Yeah. You're, uh, you know what I mean? You are, you are knocked down a little by this. Okay, so you're almost secluded as well. <clears throat> yeah, so you are, you are very... Um, and for the guys that did show a little bit of emotion, got bullied. Wow. Um, and in, in my school, I went to school with a lot of, um, of travellers, like gypsies. Um, brilliant people. Um, loved them all, but it was a, a, an environment where it was, you've got a sort of sandy ground or you get bullied or you'll, or they'll pick on you or, mm. and, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even just, just the gypsies either. It was, it was other people in the school. It was a very, um, the area where I went to school, it was a brilliant school, but the area surrounding it wasn't the best. Um, and the, yeah, different people from different avenues and families and backgrounds and lifestyles 
all came to this school. So it's almost like different was frowned upon. Yeah. So yeah. if yeah, so if you were if you weren't this masculine hard nut, yeah. basically what I used to call it, this 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 lad that was yeah. pretty tough. Um, yeah, you would you would be very judged or, or or bullied or picked on in school. Did you find yourself on either end of the bullying? Like for myself, I was on both ends actually in school. Um, not like I'd never bully per se in terms of like I was never like in New Zealand there's a there's not as much of a you know physical bullying yeah. um culture there is still it's still there but it's not as strong as England from what I've heard yeah um so with mine it was more like you know um I pulled a kid's pants down um, yeah <laughs> things like that um because I wanted I seek significance like I was so desperate to feel significant in some sort of way that um I turned to that and actually bro I apologize to that guy in the last year bro and he was like I don't even remember that. Like, <laughs> I felt so bad, bro. And I'll be holding on to that yeah. for so long. So I actually reached out to a few people. But um, yeah, but then on the other end, I'd been called like a dick or like I'd been called a kid's gay. Things like that, bro. So it's, it's so funny. But um, what about yourself? Like, we, um, for me, being on, especially being on the boot, like big. Being on the being on the, on the, on the receiving end of it, oh, not really. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I didn't really have. There was th- times that obviously people were trying to take, take the piss out of you, but totally. I wouldn't really be on that receiving end of it because mm. I was quite well. I, I like to think that I, I respected everyone, even though I was the this, this alpha figure mm-hmm. sort of thing. Well, I feel like I was. Um, I feel like I had a lot of respect for people, which is the way I've been brought up mm. is to have utmost respect for everyone and no matter where they come from, what they do, always respect people. Um, so I feel like I had a lot of respect for people, they had a lot of respect for me, so there wasn't that sort of bullying, the, um, the victimising from, from my point of view. Um, however, in I didn't bully people, but I was maybe in situations where I've <clears throat> joined in with shouting stuff, or I've joined in with, I was a bit like a class clown in a sense, I was always trying to make people laugh and like you say maybe trying to even feel significant in yeah. a way trying to sort of get everyone's approval yeah um so yeah that was maybe my i didn't particularly bully one-on-one like i didn't go on the school bullying people yeah. that was that wasn't my my way of doing things yeah. but when i but think back now i maybe li- lived up with the hype a little bit yeah. and joined in with oh, yeah. the other bullies maybe and yeah. just been Felt like oh like, um that guy won't think highly of me anymore if i don't join yeah him. if i don't yeah, join yeah. so then maybe, totally. maybe i joined in in that sense yeah um and to all the people if i have done that i'm sorry but ah. <laughs> i can't remember a specific yeah. instance where i've done that but yeah. um i feel like i would have been on the on the the end of it where i was i was giving it rather yeah, than receiving yeah, the, it the aggressive but the thing is it's and this is a crazy thing and it's important to understand for anyone that's bullied or bullying is um the the bully almost is probably in more pain than the bullied um sometimes mm-hmm. um there's de- like not all the time but there's definitely occasions where where they are and obviously coming from a place of sense of insignificance wanting that significance so desperately that this is almost their only outlet um unfortunately you know the the person that's being received um and the bullying sometimes you know ends up being someone like um uh like uh, what's his name tom below ceo of quest nutrition or um someone like um you know bill gates or you know those yeah, people yeah, yeah. who end up like you know the bully becomes the boss or whatever because like they're so driven for significance then but um same as on, on the bully like you definitely hear people that are on that end and like um like i i I know he was on both ends. A guy called um, Andy Fasella, um, CEO of um, 
of supplement superstores in America, yeah. of um, first form supplements, one of the biggest supplement companies in the world. Um, he was on both ends, but it's just like that sense for significance also drove him as well. So there's definitely like a lot of pain on both ends. Yeah, um, so it's definitely important to sort of bring that to light because mm. I don't think that bullies should be just like beat up for that, that idea of what they've done because yeah. when they're beat up for that, they're, they're, they're put in a position where they're just not good enough to do anything about it really. Um, whereas if they're just put in a point in the light where actually, you know, it's okay to feel like what yeah, you've yeah, gone yeah. through, bro, you know? Yeah. And I think for me, that um, I think that's the healing thing for someone who's wanting to be an aggressor. And there's, there's such a better way of of life, of living. Yeah. When you do, but when you do finally realize, and, and, and most people say to, especially to us too, 24, 25 years of age, that we're very, very young to be doing this, this totally. whole realization, transition, journey, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, we are very young in what we're doing. And I feel that the, the quicker you realize this, mm. as, a, as, a, as a man, as a guy, your life will, my, well, I, my life has instantly changed over oh, yeah. the last four or five months. The way I do things, my general happiness, my productivity, my focus, my drive, my assertiveness to all aspects of my life and decisiveness has completely just, I don't know, it's crazy, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It's crazy. And when you do realize this, I feel like you you, you will be on this. Totally. Where, this where do you think, for you, like for you, from your perspective, where do you think, um, what like what aspect of what you've done do you think contributes to this? It all started with my men's circles. Mm. Not mine personally, what I'm running now, mm. but it started with going to attending a, a friend's men's okay. circle when I first got to Changu. And before you attended a men's circle, actually, um, was there any, like, over the, over the years that you've gone from 18 to where you are now, 25, um, before you even attended a men's circle, was there any general awareness around any of this stuff? Not at all. Nah. Not one bit. Yeah. Not actually, that's wanna, the scary part. Yeah, I want to dive into the men's circles in a second then, because yeah. I actually want to get um, created a little bit of awareness around what you've done um, and you were just telling me actually before this interview about going through a big party phase like you you were at home uh, <laughs> just give like the quick debrief of that so, um, so I left home yeah. at 22 years of age mm. um, just split up with my ex-girlfriend who I'd been with for 7 years still in that sense of mess still in that like sense of yeah, trying to just get onto this next thing in my life Yeah, I felt like I'd, 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 I grew and, and developed sort of with her and with that job and I didn't really know what was next yeah. so me and my mates were uh, watching the boxing yeah. on um, a Friday night or a Saturday night back in the UK and <clears throat> just briefly we had this whole thing of travelling since we'd been young and we were going through the motions like oh we'll just go for a month we'll go for six months get a sabbatical at work and it ended up oh yeah we'll just quit our jobs and, and go this somewhere like one way ticket to somewhere um and then yeah, we ended up doing exactly that. Um, the next day, we woke up all hungover. Um, we all went through to, into the city, got breakfast, and went and booked one way flights to Australia. So that's where the um, the adventure started. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, from there, we um, I travelled Australia for two years, working in the whole um, nightclubs, bar work, um, stripper, topless waiting, like all these different. Great, great yeah, jobs, great fun. No regrets doing yeah. it. <laughs> but um, yeah, went went from doing all that to um, going then living in Ibiza. Mm. Um, my, my good friend Alex rang me after we'd we first met in Australia. Then we split for two and a half years. He went off travelling with his ex girlfriend. Um, I did my own thing. 
and then we sort of it, one night in Melbourne I just come home from the gym and he rang me out of the blue and said what are you doing this summer and I was no plans real just gonna go home and chill with the family and kick it back there and just see what what oh, uh, door opens next and uh, he's like fancy a breather and I was like yeah fuck it why not bro let's do it ultimately <laughs> more spontaneity yeah, yeah. it was a yeah. month after my visa at the time in Australia and I was like yeah why not like what have I got to lose I don't want to go back home and just live the, the mediocre life again and totally. I'll, I'll go and kick it in a beat so that, that, that time in a, a beaver like um obviously apart from being an absolute scout like you're you're <laughs> like you there would have been was it times when you felt really lonely was it times when you felt quite depressed or was it quite just like a baseline yeah, there, there was a um there was a real low times in a beaver yeah. obviously with as you as you do in a beaver the, the the external um external inputs to the whole alcohol totally. and drugs and stuff um there was a a few low points over that summer yeah. um, there was a point where yeah, I was yeah, doing drugs for just the sake of doing them yeah. um, and I wasn't going to the gym um, and yeah it was, a, it was a real point where I had a bit of a realisation halfway through the season and stopped all alcohol and drugs Whoa. and did two weeks um, to prove to myself yeah. that I, I wasn't addicted any sort of wow. way and I still had the mindset and the, yeah. the strength men mentally even though everyone around me was still doing it yeah. daily and, and weekly, just to make sure that I personally still Amazing. had my my strength in, in, in my mind. Totally. Um, so yeah, that was a challenge in itself to do that. Yeah. Um, you got it. And then yeah, yeah. Did, did the two weeks fine. Went back in the gym, started eating again. Got myself back, feeling mm. mentally um, mm. clarity again. Yeah. But yeah, my my physical appearance, I I lost ten kilos over the oh. summer. <laughs> You would have think you'd gain, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lost ten kilos over the summer. Um, just, just, just partying and just yeah, being an absolute yeah. mad party animal. Yeah. Really, <laughs> that party boy um, yeah. lifestyle. I lived, lived up to it um, and more. Um, and then, yeah, from there, back home for a month or two, and then then back to Australia in Melbourne for six months, working mm. with my, um, my my good friend over there. He's got his own company, so we just chill with him for six months for the summer in Melbourne. And then, yeah, then I came to Bali. But what inspired Bali? It was, again, it was a party holiday. Oh, no so way. So we came here yes, tell me. for a month to just chill yeah. and party. Yeah. So we thought, we'll go there, we'll hit a few beaches, we'll hit a few beach clubs, we'll just we'll just chill um, and also obviously party as well. And then we'll enjoy it for like maybe a month and then we'll, we'll go back to the UK for the summer. That was the original plan. Um, our first weekend here... Um, I got to the, the hostel at like midnight. Everyone was already high as a kite. High or as a Yeah, yeah or, drunk or, as a fish. Drunk as a fish, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. was already drunk as a fish. And um, I got into the hostel and in true style, I'd already drank half a bottle of scotch. Oh yeah, as you do. On the way there yeah. from the airport. Um, sat down everyone's drinks. And in the first weekend, long story short, we I went to La Favela. Mm. The first night, spent how much money? Mm. Ended up waking up. I can't remember getting home that night. And waking up in a in a Russian girl's villa, uh, in bed with her. Didn't know who she was or where I was. Um, just in a pair of shorts and a box of shorts. My all my clothes, I'd lost them. Oh. Top my hat, my, my flip flops. Um, I lost my phone. Lost my wallet. My whole, pretty much my whole everything I belonged to me. My whole belongings had pretty much gone. Um, and I woke up and I said, and I said to her like, "What what happened?" Blah blah blah. Uh, she said you were just a complete idiot, but you were quite funny, so I brought you back. 
Um, then the next day, uh, sorry, about an hour later, about 10 in the morning, um, I ring Alex off, off, off this girl's phone and I'm like, where are you at bro? Like, what's happening? He's like, hostel now, potato head, we're going, on, we're going for a day sesh. So in true style, got up and left the girl. She was like, you know, you're not even taking for breakfast. And I was like, boom, out the door. Whoa. Jumped on your go, Jack. Straight to the hostel, started drinking again, potato head all day. And in the first night and day, I spent close to $1,500 Australian. Holy shit. So I, um, yeah, and then after that, I remember the, the following day, we woke up and we were like, what are we doing? We're 25, 26. We have Alex as well slept with girls that weekend. I slept with a Russian girl. Like, it was this meaningless yeah, cycle again. Totally. And we woke up in the next morning and we were laid in bed and we, I went, went up to see Alex in his room and I was like, I feel like shit. And he was like, same, bro. He was like, I feel horrendous. So we're like, what are we doing? Like, we've gone through this cycle again of women and alcohol and just this whole party yeah. persona. And we're 25 and 26. We need to sort, sort something out. Like. Yeah. So we're like, Changu detox, two weeks. My little brother was coming over from Australia to, to visit me. So we're like, two weeks, Changu detox, mm. just chill. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, four months later, I'm still doing, yeah, yeah, <laughs> doing yeah, the yeah. whole Tell detox. Tell me about this girl that you met, bro. Um, yeah, yeah, Ella. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Ella, Ella, Ella Cook, she's, um, yeah, she's an incredible woman. Mm. Uh, one of my best friends now over in Bali. Um, and she actually came out to tell us off to turn the music music down we were working outside of a house outside of the villa um and she came out she said she was full of anger and she saw us working out and she was like oh it's two guys working out and she was like double standards are there <laughs> you can't be doing that but we got chatting with her brief exchange of about a few minutes because she was on the phone um and then from there we said look we'll go out for we just new in, in changu like we're just going out for food tonight if you want to join us you're more than welcome um half an hour before we went messaged her no reply then just as we were finishing our food, we were on the bintangs again, just having a few, you know, just to ease yourself back in. Uh, um, she rang us and was, oh, you boys still at the, the Indian? We were like, yeah, yeah, just come down, come for a chat. And then from there, this is where the whole, I feel, transition period started. Mm. She came down and she got real personal real quick and real deep. Something that I've never experienced before. Um, this feeling that she was giving, giving me this whole... And I, and I was very, very closed off and defensive as, as being that whole alpha, mm. don't, fuck, don't fuck with me, basically. Mm. I'm, I'm this strong, masculine, dominant figure. Mm. I don't need to be told or be made to feel like this. Totally. So I was quite shocked at first to it. I was very, um, yeah, I was very, I just, in true old style, me started necking the bintans, got on the vodka, on the scotch, whatever it was, bought a packet of cigarettes, started chain smoking the cigarettes because she was asking me these questions that I just didn't want to answer. I didn't want to face or, or, or confront. Wow. So the whole night panned out anyway. We got pretty deep-ish later on as the night went and I started, I got obviously more, more alcohol in my system and I started to relax and open up a bit more. Um, and then from there, um, the next day or two, I just was wondering to myself, what is this, what, what was that feeling she was giving me like? What was that inner feeling that I got that I'd never experienced before in my life that she was triggering? And I thought about it and I was sat, I was sat on it and I was like, what, what, what was it? So I messaged her and said, look, I don't know what that was or what that feeling was, but I'd love to come and chat or explore that further. Um, and then, yeah, from there, um, she was sort of my mentor in, in, a, in a way, or my, my counselling for exchange of, I, I personal trained her in the gym, so it was a beautiful exchange mm. of time because mm. we both then like loved each other and enjoyed being each other's company and I would train her, she would 
give me her time and, and make sure I was still on this, the, the same track, the right track. Um, so yeah, and then from there, she, she used to host men's circles. Well, she's, I think she's gonna do them in the future as well, but she introduced me to my first ever men's circle. And in my first ever men's circle, I cried. As a, as a guy, as a Northeast Geordie lad going into that environment with five other blokes, I couldn't help it. Like, mm. It was a weird feeling. It was such a, it was overwhelming. Mm. It was more, it wasn't, maybe, maybe it wasn't sadness. It was more just an overwhelming feeling of just maybe joy and happiness and just this. I was it was like this, a release in, in this space. space as well. Yeah, yeah you've been in holding this space, on for so long. 100%. And I was in this space where I could feel. I was comfortable doing that yeah and the one thing she said to me before I went with she said you need to leave egos at the door mm. and that's exactly what I did and this whole thing of not not being able to surrender or get down to that level or being as open in my old way of being or my old mindset and being surrounded by the people I was with or in the environment that I was in um, I just thought well I've got to lose that I feel like shit off doing the whole weekend and spending all that money and being with that girl so let's just just, just try it Let's see what it's about. So I went in there with no expectations, no intentions, just went in there and just purely was just me. And it was a beautiful, yeah, uh, whole th- two or three hours of just guys just being really intimate and deep and just being in a space where you felt comfortable doing that. And seeing the other guys that were there that were a lot older than me mm. being that way and being so open and mm. in touch with themselves and having this sort of openness about them was just really overwhelming and I, I found myself doing it as well and that's what got me so in, involved with the whole men's circle thing totally. eventually. and um, now that you've been obviously doing a lot more inner work lately what's been over the last five months what do you think has been a big, the biggest one like literally the biggest aspect for you that you've been working on within yourself the whole the, the biggest ordeal that I've, I, yeah. I've experienced is my hypnotherapy by far my hypnotherapy um, with Steph was it was mind blowing. It was surreal. Okay, talk talk to me about that. It was it was so surreal. It was a, an experience that I've never experienced before in my life, um, and it was. <clears throat> so, I went in there. You've got to set intentions before you go in there, and I went in there with the intentions of um, addressing my anger, because being from the northeast, as the the childhood that I had explained. I was always, I wasn't an aggressive person or a, a bad person to be around. I was always calm and relaxed and very respectful. But when I drank alcohol, I always found myself fighting and I was used to blame other people. But now I look back, it was probably me wanting that fight. Mm. Or I didn't, didn't start them, but if my friends were involved in trouble, I'd always be there and be that, like, they wanted to they finish, wanted to to finish it. I'm significant. Yeah. yeah. If someone wanted to start a fight, I'd always yeah. egg it on, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I went in the intentions of, addressing my anger from being that angry teenager to um, also addressing the issue around my biological father because when I was um, born my biological father said to my mum it's either the baby or me mm. so he left her she kept me obviously and I never knew my my biological father's name wow. or what he looks like no, or I'm going to see why you wanted to be this hard shell as well yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the, and, there was no man in the the house you had to be. Yeah, and this is this this is what I've learned from my hypnotherapy that this whole ordeal has is formed this anger yeah. issue around where I've been just being very very protective over my mum. Wow. And very obviously unconditional love for your for your parents and totally. stuff. So I was very just 
doing it out of a place of, of love, but it came out in anger mm. from my from my perspective, uh, which I didn't realise. Mm. And it was funny because the two intentions, one was my anger and one was my the reason why my biological father left me. And it was, I didn't think they were linked when I first went in there. I generally went in there with two separate intentions. And then when the whole hypnotherapy showed me, it was that they were both, it was it was because of my biological father's issue yeah. that I had this anger. Wow. So when I came out there and they were both linked. Um, so just to give you a brief insight to the hypno, it was a, a very, very struggle at first. It was a, it was pissing me off and it was, mm. it was it was testing my anger. Yeah. And I, I didn't see this at first. I was trying to get down to the, to the hypno state of mind and I was getting frustrated. My blood pressure was increasing. I was starting to sweat. I was getting angry and I was like, ah, fuck, it's not, it's not for me. I can't do it. And Steph was just laughing. And I was like, what are you laughing at, Steph? And she's like, this is testing you. Can you not see what it's doing? It's testing you how much you want to confront mm. these issues and these, mm. these, these, these things that have been holding you back. I was like, fuck! <laughs> it is! It is! You're totally right! You're totally right! I was like, you're totally right! Oh, wow. So, again, down to this cycle, and it took me about an hour to get into this, this state of mind. And it showed me in, in three separate three separate um, things that it showed me. The first being that it was the, the little me. It was the one you asked me about right at the start of the podcast, mm. the little boy back at school. Um, he was very, very. Um, shut off it took me back to the first ever time I punched someone mm. in primary school wow. I could see me and I saw me punch this the guy called Thomas I'm sorry for punching you <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, it was he was like the bit about the, the tallish guy the bully in the school sure. and he came over to me and tried to do it to me and I just wow. put, like punched him in the nose yeah. and got sent home from school that day wow. um, it took me back to that first very that emotion that I felt there and I could see little me and I was asking him questions and I was like, why are you upset? Why are you angry? Wouldn't speak to me. And Seth said it's either two things in hypno, it's either feelings or you can actually interact with them mm. and, and ask them questions. Mine was pure feeling. I couldn't mm. speak to anyone in there. And I, could just, I was just overwatching this, this, this young me with my share of David Beckham hairstyle at the time with the two little slits in the side, the two tram lines on the side of my head. I could see me perfectly. And I was asking him questions and I was like, what's wrong? And he nothing. It took me back out of that to my healing space, which was, if you've seen Bruce Almighty, the film, yeah. the big white, white room, yeah. this was my healing wow. space. So this white, all white room with one, um, it's a King's Throne, like Game of Thrones, King's yeah. Throne. That's all there was in this room. Wow. Everything was white apart from this King's Throne. Um, and it took me back into the healing space and I was in the healing space and then these objects kept flying towards me again. There was always three, either spiraling towards me or coming towards me, always three. And the second part, these three objects just stopped and two of them went away and one of them stayed and I get every time I speak about it I get goosebumps now speaking about it the, Steph was like and, I, and I, my reaction initially was fuck and Steph was like what what is it who was it and I was like I don't know but I knew who exactly it was I knew I could feel and Steph was like what and I was like didn't say anything for like five, ten minutes. I was like, just sat with it. And I was like, it's my biological father. And he's like, stood in front of me. And I could, I could just, this mad feeling, man. Like, I was, it was crazy. And he then came towards me and came behind me and put his hand on my shoulder. And I had this mad exchange of love, uh, sorrow. He, he just wasn't in the right place at the right time mm. in his life. 
he still loves me, he still cares for me, he wants me the best for me. And I had this mad exchange of all these emotions flying like through my body and it was, it was it gave me an emotional release. I just, I wasn't physically um, sobbing, crying. Mm. I was laid there and my heart rate increased and I started like getting a bit choked up and this, these tears were just streaming down my face, man. Just streaming and I was like, Steph, what's going on? She was like, you're having an emotional release, you're fine, just breathe through it, like it's, it's all well and good, like you, you'll be okay. And it lasted for about 10 minutes. Just these tears were just flowing from my face and I was like, what is going on? And he took me above the world to show me that I can, what I got from it, what I, I read from it was that I can do anything in life, like just, just, just yeah. you, you're on top of the world, you can do it. I just want to cut to this part just because um, we don't have too much time. Oh, yeah, yeah. But um, have you talked to him since? No, no, I haven't. I always had this issue where, um, I did, it was never a sadness emotion for me. Mm. It was always an anger mm. and just a protection of over my mum. Mm. So it was never like a sadness. I wouldn't get upset about it or I wouldn't like have this whole downtime about it. Um, but I would just always be angry and on the forefront of right. like, it was very aggressive towards him. Like, I hate him, I can't stand him, blah, 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 blah. Um, and now that I've had that whole exchange with hypnotherapy, it felt so real, man. And it was just a, a massive release for myself. And yeah. now I don't feel like I think about that anymore. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a thought that was always on my mind. It was just a passing thought. Now mm. and again, like someone was talking about the, the, the they don't know their real dad, and I would think, oh yeah, I don't know mine either. Totally. And have a conversation with someone, and it wasn't really a thought that was always on my mind. It was just something that I felt was holding me back. That's why I went in there with the intention. Totally, yeah. Like, it wasn't really a, a thing that was really on my mind constantly. Yeah. It was just something that I thought, you know, if I got rid of that, like that's probably one of the only things that I do have an issue with totally it's crazy how like when there's something painful our subconscious will try to cloud it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and i masked it for so long oh, for so man, many years in and being eight year old when i was yeah. told when i was eight years of age um and being masking it for so long mm. with different different things over my life yeah but, of course um yeah going from that man that whole exchange of just that emotional release and then the third and final part of it was my mum just showing me that no matter how much she fucking annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> and how much I feel like she's being negative. Yeah. But no, I love her to bits and she's amazing. She's the best woman in my life. But um, she just showed me how much she loves me. It took me back to my home in England. She was mm. cooking food. Mm. And I was overviewing the whole situation. And it was just so much, again, love and, and just over, overwhelming and, and unconditional desire and all these lovely feelings towards me again with her. And then the final part, we all came back into the healing space. The little boy, me, was sat on the chair in the King's yeah. Throne. The, my brother's, little father was sat on, on one side, my mum on the other. They all came towards me. I had this mad emotional uplift again and had a bit of a release again. And then they all went off in the distance. And then, yeah, that was the... That's amazing. After that, there was like a, a group of people of, of five figures just around me and we're all in this marching up this hill, which I feel like is where I am right now in my life. I'm surrounded by good people yeah. and with friends, with people that want the same thing in life. And we, we, I could see this hill. And I could just see what watching this hill, and we were all so, marching up together. Like, yeah. So what what actions have you done since then that have changed? Like what what like actions in life? Um. So I I still write my affirmations every single day wow. from my hypnotherapy. Yeah. Um. You get sort of a um going through your neurological pathways. You get an affirmation mm. to take away from that. And um, I still write that every morning and every night in my in my journal. It's been two or two two and a half months now, maybe since it, since I had my hypnotherapy, but. Steph said 30 days, mm. um, but I've just kept doing it. I just cool. felt it was right to keep doing it and just keep that. that whole um, seed planted and, and just really, really embrace it. Totally. I didn't want to slip back into any sort of old feelings or old ways or 
so I just write it every single day just to make sure 100% um, and another massive influential part right other than hypnotherapy is, is an audio CD book um, I got off an American guy I met down the beach gym and he I said he'd been with for five years and he was sort of in that whole corporate um, he didn't do like Formula 1 race cars he's doing all the sort of corporate design for the cars and stuff so he's in a very very um, fake and um, egotistic lifestyle again for all the parties and the after parties and all this sort of stuff and I said to him I said what is one thing you've done over the last five years that you would recommend either read or do or whatever and he sat there and he was like Chrissy he was like I would recommend listening to this audio CD book called um, Your Wish Is Your Command by Kevin Trudeau it's on YouTube it's an audio CD it's 13 and a half hours long um, and that has my hypnotherapy and that combined mm. have changed my mindset, my feelings, my daily routine, my morning routine. So, like like yourself, so essential to so true. me being the best version of myself. Yeah, every single day. What was what was your biggest <coughs> one biggest takeaway you took away from that audio CD? If you were just mm. pin it down to one, down to one thing. Yeah, be happy, man. <laughs> but, there's no reason yeah every single day you can control one factor in your life daily and it's your own happiness so true man like at the end of the day um stress bro by definition is um is poor inner management yeah you know what i mean like if you like there's if you can't accept your situations around you you're going to be stressed simple yeah. as that like situations are uncontrollable yet there's a stress within us that wants to control that uncontrollable, yeah. which creates stress. So you can't fight the universe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like bring it on, Dick. <laughs> one, um, actual, one actual thing yeah. I would, if it's something like be happy is by far, and just be positive and and mm. just just feel good now. Mm. Why not feel good now? Like totally, rather than feeling good in the future. Yeah. Rather, rather than, than feeling good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'll make me feel good. That'll yeah. make me feel good. Oh, I'll do that. And that'll make me yeah. feel good. Just be, just feel good now, man. Yeah. And one thing that I really push is being, <laughs> being, feeling happy with yourself when you're sad, feeling happy with yourself when you're stressed, anxious, depressed, yeah. feeling happy within that. It's not about you have to feel that happiness because obviously you can't just click your, click your fingers and feel happy, but it's about feeling happy with yourself as you are. Yeah. And that is where the true sense of bliss and life is. Yeah. yeah like if there's one of the scale as well that I could recommend, well, um, tell people please. about that is he talks about a um, teachability in, in the teachability index. Mm. And this is on one side of the scale is how much you are susceptible to change in your life. If you are from zero to 10, 10 being the most open to change. If you are a 10 in being open to change and you are a 10 teachable, so you are open to being taught new things and you are open to changing your life, you will progress no matter what you are doing in your life, you will progress forward in that avenue mm. of work, personal life, whatever it may be. You will be, if you are open to change and you are open and you're willing to learn, you will progress forward massively. Mm. Um, that is the thing that I've always, now I always make sure I'm, my old egotistic way mm. would be like, I don't need anyone's help, I can do it by myself, like everyone leave me alone. Now I get help from everyone I can, and I'm so open and I'm so true, man. It's so vulnerable for me as well. Yeah. Um. I, so I got two more questions, and we really need to wrap it up because I'm like, shit, I need to run to the airport. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm like checking the time, bro. I'm like, like, because literally I fly out to Europe and like, three, like three and a half hours. Um. So, so I got two questions. One, um, someone that's struggling with anger. What's one thing you'd recommend they do? Anger for me, the way I have handled it is my hypnotherapy yeah. if, if anyone's got any, 
they think have a, an intention, or even if you don't know your intention mm. or why you feel angry, just going with the intent of mm. discovering your anger. Mm. What is the root cause? True. Um, even if you don't know it. But just, um, how about like, what if they don't have access to a hypnotherapist, for example? Meditate. Okay, cool. Awesome. awesome. I found that I never used to meditate. Yeah. I used to think people were weird and stupid for yeah. doing it, Perfect. just coming from the background that I came from. Um, but yeah, my meditation, I meditate at least twice a day now, mm. at least, if not three times a day. Um, and that really helps with just checking in with myself. Yeah. Just checking in with myself and, and keeping my clarity and focus um, just really, really precise without getting us. During the day, you can go through a whole day and get so mm. sidetracked and so much build up off just pointless shit. Um, so yeah, for me, and mine still comes up. I'm not. I'm not the perfect. Oh, as you never will be. I'll totally. always be learning, and I'll yeah. always be um, developing and exploring new Absolutely. things in my life. But um, yeah, for what one thing that's helped me over the last three or four months is my meditation awesome. by far. And then last question, bro. What lights you up? What lights me up? Stuff like this. Ah, <laughs> I love that, bro. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, this this sort of thing now, man. Um, whole the whole. Just being, being genuine, like being. Yeah. I I lived I lived my life through through my ego, mm. really. Looking back, I was always a nice guy, and I was always loving, and I was always caring and respectful towards people. But that ego, autistic, westernized world of, oh look what I've got, look at this. I mean that whole yeah. way of, of life just isn't healthy, man. And yeah, so just just being genuine authentic people now and surrounded by such good people doing my men's circles um, in my gym again like the gym lights me off my men's circles like you know hearing people's stories and just p- having that space for guys that don't feel comfortable but I hope guys see my physical image and, mm. and sort of relate more because for me I never had a relatable image True. so my whole own personal branding and stuff now is going to be off um, that whole well, targeting every, everyone's welcome. I'll, I'll never disagree awesome, anyone. Man. I love that. But um, females as well. It's yeah. not just men. Um, and I will help anyone and, and, and be there for anyone. But mm. my specific target audience are the guys that I know back home. You know who you are if you're listening. Yeah. Um, that are the rugby guys, the football guys. Totally. These these guys that are living this superficial or or egotistic life, mm. which I I couldn't see when I was there. Someone said to me the other day, "They said, Chrissy, do you?" Um, did you recognise you were doing anything wrong or you, there was a better way of life when you were living that lifestyle? And I, I was totally no, 100% no. There was no awareness for it and I couldn't relate to anyone to, to speak to about it. Um, but yeah, just to get that whole that whole group of people, even just awareness, man. That's why I was Give it insight, insight and awareness. I don't want to change anyone. Everyone's beautiful. Everyone's yeah. perfect in their own way. But I just want to give people an insight. People that know me will... Um, relate to me and be like God he was like, a happy guy anyway and now he's done this and he's even happier mm. what has he been doing that's what I want to sort of do and people yeah. that don't know me I'm going to write up my whole transition period and just hopefully they can relate to it and, and go where can they there. find you? Um, I'm actually on Instagram as Chrissy Hardy C-H-R-I-S-S-Y H-A-R-D-Y yeah and then I'm actually just just developing my own website as well uh, I've got a, one of my web developers on that for me so yes. I'll um, just check out my Instagram page and I'll, and I'll yeah. obviously be I'll be posting on there when it launches so you can check that out as well but yeah 
Cool, guys. Be sure to follow this lad. Right? Honestly, he emits love and genuinity, which is so rare. It really is. And the amount of um, awareness and the amount of growth that you've made over the last five months is just insane. Like, I would never have known this has been a five-month journey for you. Um, so I really want to encourage you guys to head over to his page and actually give him a follow um, and just notice how really genuine this guy is but also the fact that there's going to be some amazing things coming uh you should be excited about that there's going to be some really cool relatable stuff on there anyway take care guys all right be sure to um be sure to follow pocket coach on instagram and also subscribe here give us a five star rating okay now you can give it whatever rating you want but better be five stars and um honestly reviews really really help uh spread these messages so that was really helpful and Please follow me. I'm Headley Fitness. I'm changing my uh, Instagram name soon, but it's Headley Fitness at the moment. Um, <laughs> cheer, guys. Much love and stay blessed, guys. Singing on.